This podcast is not here for those people that are trying to stay out of last place. Because those consequences don't exist for the people that are listening to this podcast. These are the people that always end up in the playoffs but can't seem to get over that hump. Or the ones who just want to dominate year after year just to show everybody else they're the champions. Guys, this is a fantasy football intervention. And we're about to intervene with your fantasy football life. We got part two, baby. We got part two of our rookie mock draft. That's right, part two. Bringing back in Mike Bullock, bringing back Devin Martz. We're going to finish out round two and three of the rookie mock, mock draft that we set up and we started this past week. So if you want to hear round one, just go to the previous show. It's going to be show 137. Let's go back, listen to it. It's all there. All the good stuff from round one, all those juicy guys you want to talk about, it's all there. But this is for rounds two and three. Before we dive into it, I want to let you guys know that we do have some fun facts and some stuff waiting for you guys. It's all waiting for you over there at patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. It's all the stuff that you guys have been waiting for. It's all the stuff that nobody talks about. It's fun facts that nobody dives into, and it's all there on Patreon. It costs you guys two bucks a month. That's it. Patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, it's patreon.com slash fantasy intervention. Go join our circle. Now, of course, I want everything to ebb and flow, everything to make sense. So we're going to go back and we're going to revisit the last pick of the first round. Hell, what would this episode be? What would a show be without me bashing Jalen Rager? So. Let's go ahead and start it up, guys. Welcome on Fantasy Intervention. Here we go. Uh, so, you know, from one Big 12 team to an next, <laughs> you know, we could. It's interesting because if you want to, similar to my, my take on Keyshawn Vaughn, where, you know, hey, at the end of the, the 2020 season, we could be looking at fantasy points and you could be like, oh, wow, shit, this guy finished a lot higher than we thought. You, in Rager, you could be looking at the 2020, uh, similar to Jefferson, uh, you could, this, he could score the most fantasy points out of all these rookie wide receivers because of the opportunity that he has, right? This is not a big guy. He's under six foot, 200 pounds, but he, the, he's, he's, his athletics are again off the chart, right? He's got a 99% score. Uh, he's very similar to me. My, the comp that I had drawn for him was very similar to Christian Kirk, who came out last year. So he, you know, he's got a great opportunity. And I think, I think, you know, we have him going what at the end of the first round at the 112 here. I think he'll go a lot sooner than that in most people's uh, rookie drafts, in my opinion. I can agree with that. So I don't, I don't, I don't think I would want him to go earlier than that, really. But, like, I could think that just because of the opportunity you'll have. Yeah. I've yeah. been waiting for this one. He's I, have. Yeah. I knew from he what loves you said. Oh, uh, he loves He loves Here we love. go. So, you know that commercial, right, where back in the day it was a go play commercial. All right? It, like, from football. Like, you go out and go play football and they have these commercials out, right? And there's a big funny joke about it, how... You know, Cam Newton was sitting there talking to this kid, saying, hey, you need to go out and play. And he's like, yes, I can be a starting quarterback like you. And he's like, yeah, you know, you can make it in the NFL. Yeah. 
And he's sitting there and he's encouraging this kid to go out and play. And he's like, yes, and then I can take your job and become your mom's favorite player. And Kim just stared at him. What? And then the joke came out that it was actually Kyle Allen that was the kid in the commercial. <laughs> and oh, yeah. he actually got a shot to take his job. It's not the... So... Not, but yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. I'd be getting ready just like that kid was. I'd be getting ready to come take... Come right. take somebody's head off on this. So I'm sorry I had to be you. I was hoping it was going to be Devin. But Rager, 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 Rager. Oh, my God. First off, Rager had 43 catches on 93 targets. The catch percentage was brutal, 46.5%, if I remember right. And don't give me his quarterback was bad. Please don't bring me that because if you're not going to make it in the pros, right, your college quarterback is most likely a bad quarterback. Like, if you're not even going to make it to the combine, if you're not going to make it to the draft, you're not going to make it onto a practice squad, your quarterback is pretty much bad. There's not much separation between the, uh, I don't know, the 50th quarterback and the 130th quarterback in college football. There's really not. But on those 93 targets, he had 10 drops. He had a 10%, over a 10% drop rate. Over 10% of the balls that went his way were drops. And... It's one of the higher numbers in the nation as a whole. And you can't give me, well, they were tough catches to make. Or they were downfield because he's a downfield target. You can't give me that shit either. You can't. Because they completely redesigned that offense. Duggan was absolutely a brutal quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But they passed the ball under 10 yards, potentially more than any other team in college football. On 339 attempts, 177 of those attempts went for under 10 yards. So it's not like Jalen Rager was getting targeted downfield constantly. He wasn't. He has drop issues. He has a bad catch radius. He is not going to go up and win 50-50 balls on a regular basis having his size and his athletic profile. He didn't do it in college. He was the Josh Doxson which is really easy comparison to make because they both went to TCU. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. But he's the poor man, Josh Oxen. I think he's better in the open field or better, you know, once he has the ball in his hands than Josh Oxen was, but his highlight catches were the exact same thing. Josh Oxen, he made some phenomenal, phenomenal catches, highlight real catches, but he also had a good amount of drops. Less drops than what Jalen Rager had, but he still dropped the ball to an extent. You saw that translate into the pros, although he didn't get a lot of time because he was constantly injured. And mainly, maybe Jalen Rager can actually get this fixed. I mean, I said last year, just to pull another guy on the same team together, Miles Sanders, I was sitting there saying last year that on 30.8% of carries, uh, Miles Sanders had a fumble in college. So he had a fumble once every 30.8 carries. And I said, if he does not get this fixed, he will not be an NFL running back. We saw the same thing happen to, who was it? Was it David Wilson? Or it was one of those guys that played for the Giants. The same thing happened. Ultra talented, could not stay on the field because he kept on fumbling the ball. We yeah. see the same thing happen to NFL wide receivers. Think about Braylon Edwards. How talented was Braylon Edwards? He was one of the best wide receivers to come oh, out of college gosh. when it came to draft profiles ever. But he dropped the ball time and time and time again. And if he can't get this problem fixed, he will not be on an NFL team in five or six years from now. He could be the second coming of Nelson Aguilar, who although he had, let's just say this past season, I think it was like a 102-yard game 
he still had three drops on those 12 targets. He had nine receptions. All three of those were easy drops, and one of them costed them the game. He didn't get a chance the whole rest of the season. He saw the pine. He saw the bench. It took injuries for him to see another pass attempt following that. And it's because teams need players who can reliably catch the ball. And when a quarterback puts in the perfect spot and he drops it, typically those guys don't get a chance again. Now, luckily, with the additions to the wide receiver group, we had guys like Goodwin get added, right? We had, uh, uh, what's his name, Uh, Quez Watkins, right? He got added. There was another wide receiver added as well. the name off the top of my head is, is not former quarterback. Well, um, Jalen Hurts. But no. no, 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 no. Greg, Greg Ward. Yeah. So, I mean, there are other wide receivers on this depth chart. And, of course, you still cannot just dump. You can't dump Alshon Jeffrey's contract. You can't dump Deshaun Jackson's contract. So, Jalen Rager does have an opportunity to wait in the wing and fix these problems. And we saw. We saw the Eagles were able to fix Miles Sanders' problem. Although, or I should say, albeit, it was Staley that was the main proponent in mm-hmm. in fixing those issues he's one of the best running back coaches i think in nfl history and he hasn't even been coaching for that long however he fixed that problem so we don't know what they have on the wide receiver side of things obviously with jj arcega white side we didn't see or arcega white side however you want to say it we didn't see we didn't see a significant improvement there uh we didn't see a significant improvement improvement anywhere and i believe they did fire their either wide receivers coach or was it their offensive coordinator Either way, they fired a guy that was a, a major proponent in that wide receiver room. So maybe they brought somebody in that's better developing wide receiver. But if he does not fix those issues, he is going to be the number one bust. The number one bust in the draft, even over guys like Brandon Ayuk, who I'm also not a fan of. But we'll get to that in a little bit. You good? <laughs> that's my rant. Ran over. Done? I'm done. I brought up. Are you good? Game. That's beautiful. <laughs> He's been holding that in this whole time. That's fucking phenomenal, Chase. I mean, really. Uh, it, it, I mean, I can't argue with anything you said. Uh, I think, uh, he, like you said, I, I'm, I'm watching his highlight tape as you're talking, and a lot of these big plays are coming from bubble screens yes. and misdirect <laughs> screens, right? Like, and don't get me wrong, he does get behind. When he gets behind the defense, he's fucking gone, right? There's no, I mean, and that's against Ohio State, like some of these, it, some of these things. One hundred percent. Uh, so, but you're right. If he, if he can, if, if the drop thing continues, he'll find his way to the bench very quick. I think, but I mean, they took him in the first round. The, he's going to get an opportunity for sure. Um, but if he doesn't correct, then uh, yeah, you're right. He's, he's another Nelson awesome. Aguilar essentially. Yeah. And for yeah. some reason, the Eagles suck at drafting wide receivers. Outside yeah, not great. of Deshaun yeah. Jackson, who's been great. Jeremy Macklin flamed well, they, out. They Jordan Matthews they flamed didn't draft out. Draft Alshon Jeffrey. Man, I didn't say Alshon Jeffrey. I said Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Outside of Deshaun Jackson, they, they haven't drafted a guy that's really been a significant impact in the league for more than a year or two. Jeremy mm-hmm. Macklin, like I said, flamed out. Right? Jordan Matthews flamed out. All their receivers have been people that they've brought in via free agency, basically. Yeah, they've lasted. Or they're they going to come there to die them. anyways. Look at Alshon Jeffrey. Like, I mean, God. seriously, one of their best receivers at the end of the season last year was a former college quarterback, Greg Ward Jr. So, All right, so Maybe that's what Jalen Hurts will be doing. He'll be catching yeah. the passes. All right, so we got Jalen Rager going to you up next for the 201. And we're going to try and speed this up a little bit because I definitely did not intend for this to be going as long as it has, especially <laughs> setting everything up, uh, is my pick. And I'm looking at guys like Michael Pittman Jr., who's obviously the ex for the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we have guys like T. Higgins. We have guys like Brandon Ayuk, who, yeah, I'm not going to touch. It's going to give that little spoiler alert. Um, Brian Edwards, who I absolutely love. Been talking about him for. 
months now. Uh, we have guys like Zach Moss and Buffalo who could be taking over a starting role, and Antonio Gibson, who I think is a huge wild card in this. It's pretty much now about who you think at this pick at the 201. Obviously, you're probably most likely the worst team in your league and what position you need in order to eventually get better. And a guy like Michael Pittman Jr., I think could be the perfect pick here. I really do. I think that Michael Pittman Jr. could actually step into a role as to where he might not be productive this year right off the bat. But you could get a solid wide receiver in year two and a guy that's going to get consistent targets, uh, consistent production, and you're not going to have to worry about whether he's going to actually put up numbers every single week. T.Y. Hilton probably won't be with that team for more than a couple years. Paris Campbell's going to be the underneath option. I think that Michael Pittman Jr. fits in perfectly as that alpha receiver. Does he develop right? That's the big question. T. Higgins could be another one, but I think I'm going to lean going Michael Pittman Jr. over T. Higgins, although that makes me cringe a little bit because thinking about T. Higgins and Joe Burrow together. Uh, <laughs> do I really want to do that? I'm going to go T. Higgins. I'm switching it up. I'm going oh fucking T. Higgins. God. I just I tilted hard asshole. as fuck. I tilted so hard. I just, that was probably the biggest tilt of my entire life. This son of a bitch. I'm taking T. Higgins. God damn it. I, I don't think, I think that's what I had, Chase. I mean, these guys I have so closely together. It's and like neck and neck. Yeah, it really is. And, I, I would say Higgins, he's tied to Joe Burrow for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, the, the competition for targets in Cincinnati um, will be interesting, right? Because Tyler Boyd is no slouch for sure. Um, who knows what A.J. Green is? I mean, he's probably, probably a tremendous question mark. He's probably, you know, but they did franchise him, right? So, um, and then John Ross, right? You got, I mean, there's there are mouths to feed there, but this, he does, I mean, we just don't He's, know what's going to happen to the quarterback position for the Colts. I mean, uh, actually, I do know what's going to happen. What's going to happen is, is Andrew Luck is actually going to have two years to fully sit on a bench. Yeah. And... He's going to come back to a fully stacked team that was ready to win the Super Bowl, but Phillip Rivers just couldn't pull it out. Phillip Rivers could not pull it out because he's not a good enough quarterback. He's too old, but yet this team is ready to make a Super Bowl run. Phillip Rivers brings him to, like, I don't know, the AFC Championship. He, they're like, oh, we got to go back with Phillip Rivers again. There's no way we're going to win. They give uh, Andrew Luck, they take him out to dinner one night, and they give him an under-the-table handy, right? <laughs> they give him an under-the-table hand job, and he's, like, in the middle of it. They're like, hey. If you want me to finish you off, you got to come back next year. He's like, give me the contract. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and that under the table hand job, it pays off. It's going to be Andrew Luck. Pants <laughs> the table, too. Oh, over so the no. pants, under the table. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a full on wedding crasher situation. OTP, UTT. This is that scene from the wedding crashers. All right, you're up, Devin. Let's speed this bitch up. We're talking about table hand jobs right after I said we're going to yep. move this along a little faster. All right. Well, you took the guy I, I wanted. So I'm just going to sneak in. I'm just going to take Pittman, who you were thinking. It's really close. Yeah, it's, it's a close one there. But if you could select Pittman for me. I got you. And then uh, let our man Mike make his pick. Yeah. You got anything to say about Pittman? Obviously, not a finished product, but... You know, he, he looks like he could play the part. The Colts believed him. They took him above Jonathan Taylor. So that's yeah. a big thing, too. Yeah, plus his opportunity is going to be there. Like Absolutely. Like the they, opportunity. Yeah. They're trying to win this year, in my opinion. They're trying to win this year. That's why they went out and drafted a running back 
That's a win now move. They went out and drafted an alpha wide receiver to play the X when they did not have one. That's a win now move. And I think that Pittman is the most polished player. So if you're looking for production this year, Michael Pittman's your pick. Yeah, you're going to get it. All right, Mike, you're up. So, like I said, I Higgins, Pittman, and our guy Brian Edwards. Yeah. Uh, I have all right there, like very, very similar. For me, probably would have been Higgins, Edwards, and then Pittman. But you know, it, the the Raiders drafted a fuck ton of wide receivers, yeah. so it's really hard to yeah. to and what um, you know how they how they t- intend on using these guys, and then again. Derek Carr is the guy throwing them the ball, which is doesn't instill a bunch of confidence to me. I, I love Edwards. Uh, he 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 grades out as a, a prototypical alpha for me. Uh, he had a breakout age of seven. I mean, he was, he was almost. I mean, he was under eighteen years old when he broke out. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, he was seventeen years old when he broke out. You know, and he's got, you know, I think, you know, if he, if he didn't have that devastating injury, we're probably looking at this guy as a first round pick, right? I mean, yeah. his college reduction was some of the best South Carolina has ever seen. Yeah, he, he has 94th percentile dominator rating. I mean, the guy just, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for that injury, he, we would have been talking about a first round pick here. So I just don't. What was huh? the injury that kept him out of the combine? It was a foot. It was a foot. It was, there you go. Um, so yeah, that would be that, that, that's my pick. Look, I'm getting him in the mid to late second round. I think that's not going to last. Obviously the more people know what, you know, what he is and what he, what we ultimately could be. I think people so, are scared. People are scared because of that Oakland offense. Yeah. That, I mean, that could be absolutely, but I mean, I think, I think they're, uh, what they did in the draft shows them, Hey, we got to, we got to keep up with the chiefs. We got to score with these guys, right? If we're going to, if we're going to compete, uh, Denver did something very similar, right? I mean, they went out and got a bunch of guys who could put points on the board because like, Hey, we got to fucking keep up with Kansas city yep. and them scoring. Yeah, I mean, the Raiders points. and the Broncos did the same thing. Absolutely. They absolutely did do the exact same thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, I believe in the talent here. I think he wins out. I don't, I, I mean, Tyrell Williams, those guys that got now, I think, you know, one of the biggest under the radar losers was all these Hunter Renfro truthers. <laughs> I still think he's going to see snaps, but it's like, when will he see snaps? <laughs> he's just not going to, right? Like that whole crappy gym rat uh, thing gets thrown out the window. I mean, he just, I, I, he's probably not going to see the field much. You know what's going to fuck was, us up? He was a 12 year senior too. That's right. <laughs> you know what's going to fuck us up is when uh, it's going to be like Tyro Williams, Hunter Renfro, and Zay Jones are going to be the starting lineup for the. And all these guys. <laughs> That's the, the only reason I would wait for Edwards is just because there's 500 receivers. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. I mean, for me, yeah, I think Edwards is right there. I know it's pissed off because I was trying to trade up actually in. Uh, Mike and I, we actually are in a dynasty league together, and I was trying to trade up with like 10 different people to select Brian Edwards, and I couldn't get up and get him. And it, it kind of pissed me off. And hell, Pittman Jr. actually almost fell to me and got selected one spot before. Oh, wow. uh, sweet. Sweet actually sniped <laughs> me on that one. I was kind of pissed off. I was trying to trade ahead of him to get him because I knew he wanted him. But, yeah, no, Brian Edwards is kind of a little bit of a head-scratcher. But it, the thing is, is he's going to end up shooting up boards once the real yep. quarterback there actually takes hold of that offense. Mm-hmm. And both Mariota and Carr step down. You know who that, that quarterback is going to be, right? Tell me. Nathan Peterman. Come on, dude. No, shut the hell up. <laughs> I, I feel better if they put John Gruden in there. 
<laughs> yeah, me too, right? <laughs> All right, so for me, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at a different lineup, and I'm not a huge fan of Zach Moss in Buffalo. I think that he could get some red zone work, but I still like Singletary there. With LaVisca Chenault, it's, I think he's going to end up getting guaranteed work there, and I'll get into that when he gets drafted, but I'm not ready to select him yet. I'm not a Brandon Ayuk fan. I don't think I'll ever be a Brandon Ayuk fan. It's just not in the cards for me. And Chase Claypool is extremely, extremely tempting here because I think that he can end up taking over that X receiver role here within a couple years. Like, I think that he could snatch up. And it could even be this year because if Juju Smith-Schuster ends up moving back to his natural position, which is the slot, then you'll have Deontay Johnson on the outside along with Chase Claypool on the outside, and James Washington's going to be riding the pine. So... For me, Chase Claypool's my second option. He's really, really close. But my main option here, and it could be a slight homer pick, although I normally don't let, I don't let homer picks for me actually involve my fantasy football feelings uh, just because the Redskins have sucked for so long mm-hmm. that I can't actually believe in them anymore <laughs> producing you know, young players at a consistent rate. So my pick is going to be Gandy Golden. No, I'm just kidding. It's, I'm just kidding. Both y'all's faces. <laughs> We're on Skype right now, and both y'all's faces got just got shocked. I'm going Antonio Gibson, who could be there a Swiss Army knife. He's going to get touches in the backfield. He's going to get touches in the slot. He's going to get sweeps. He's going to get swings. He's going to get everything. Every way that you can imagine this guy getting balls to his face, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to be like a gangbang out there. Do you see his role similar to the vacated uh, Chris Thompson role, essentially? Do you think that's kind of... That's that is? one of the roles, but don't forget, it is a, a new coaching staff, so that role doesn't exist necessarily anymore. But yes, as they pass catching back, he will be involved if Bryce Love doesn't come forward. Because Bryce Love, don't forget, he was a borderline you know, first, second round pick. At least he was prior to his injury. So Bryce Love yeah. could still be very, very, very much in play. But they're talking about going to a 21 skill set, and I think it's going to be more of a 20 skill set because they don't have any tight ends. So when you talk about a 20 skill set, that's when you have two running backs, zero tight ends, three wide receivers. If that's Mm. the case, they can end up motioning him out to go to the slot if they put him as a running back, or they could put him as a slot wide receiver. So either way, he's either going to get carries, because he's not going to be blocking for another running back, or he's going to get an opportunity to go out and receive the ball as a slot wide receiver or out of the backfield. So no matter which way you're looking at, you're looking at a potential reception <laughs> on almost every, every play. His target share should be through the roof just because of the fact that he's going to be on the field so much. He's going to be on the field almost every single play. So I'm just seeing it as volume, volume, volume for Gibson. For a rookie, that's all you can ask for. I mean, the guy averaged in his senior season 11.2 yards per carry. I mean, 11.2. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> That's insane, man. I mean, I, you know, as someone who was heavily invested the last two years in Dynasty, and I've traded off of it now in, in, in a lot of areas, uh, in. Um, Darius Geis, um, who knows if that's ever going to come to fruition, right? So, Man, it hurts me because he's so good when he's uh, on the field. He's it so it is. So, I don't know. Maybe, yeah. It's an interesting pick. I think you could probably get him later. Um, but he, I've, that's another guy I've started to see creep up draft boards. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to take the chance on letting him slide as of yeah. right now because, I mean, we don't, like you said, AP's gone after this year, most likely. And like you said, Darius Geis, we don't know if we're going to be able to rely on him. And then, you know, who's their slot guy? Steven Sims, who, yeah, he's a good yeah. player, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have I, the same durability. He's a small dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
that's a backfield that's a little bit of a myth to me. I just, I, I really wish, you know, for like my Darius Geis like stance that like they would have just let AP go away, you know, but they didn't. So I don't know. Now he's a fan favorite. They would yeah. revolt. They would, they would try and get Dan Snyder fired for like the hundredth and fiftieth time. <laughs> All right, you're up, Devin. All right, we're just gonna make this one quick. AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. <laughs> Early. Wow, that's the shocker of the draft so far. And the thing is, is I don't, I'm actually on board with this pick for the most part. There are a couple of other guys who wanted to take ahead of him. But A.J. Dillon, for me, is a definite high-end option that, that I, I absolutely love. You talk about Aaron Jones. Uh, he's going to be a free agent this upcoming year, along with Jamal Williams. There's no way they can re-sign both those guys because there are, like we've talked about, over 20 starting caliber running backs that are going to be free agents this upcoming year. So. They're going to essentially potentially run Aaron, Brown, Aaron Jones into the ground, and A.J. Dillon is going to be left there with you know, prime condition, yep. no tread on the tires when it comes to this year in the NFL, and a team that wants to run the ball. I mean, we talk about A.J. Dillon being the perfect spot to go where like, we were talking about the Titans because he could take over mm-hmm. for, for Derrick Henry. Well, guess what? You get the second-best option because of the fact that it's the, uh, the, the coach – Previously for the, the Titans. Exactly. Wow, I was struggling through that. He was previously <laughs> the coach for the Titans. So you're literally getting the second best option coming in to the, uh, to the Green Bay Packers. And he's going to be the, the guy that's there that's in the primary spot in 2021. And this guy's built like an NFL running back too, right? Yeah. I mean, we love that. Like your 1990 NFL running back. Yeah, that's that. Touche. That's a very good point, actually. Yeah, um, he's just a big ass dude, and he's got great bursts. So yeah, I mean, I can't argue with it. You're he was my now. sixth running back on the board uh, prior really? to this. He was my sixth, and honestly, I feel like I should get back to that, just because of the fact that you know everybody else is kind of production. hyping up other guys. So I feel like I've gotten away from my actual rankings. Uh, just yeah. because I feel like you can get him later. So I don't want to push this guy up people's boards if you know that they can get him later because so many other people are, yeah. are fried back on it. But I think he's in a better landing spot than Cam Akers. I think he's a better landing spot than Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, he's number five for me when it comes to landing spots for, for dynasty value. It's just you don't need to reach for him because everybody else is so off of him. Yeah, and that's because it, that's because of Aaron Jones, I think, right? They look at, oh my God, this guy was, you know, top five and scored a shit ton of touchdowns. I mean, they think that he's just going to ride the bench, but you're absolutely right. I mean, he could be gone soon. So yeah, yeah, it's it's you're looking at the starting running back of the Green Bay Packers with Dexter Williams being the backup there. All right, so on to your pick, sir. On to my pick. So I am gonna go. Uh, and I'll make this pretty, uh, pretty quick as well. I'm going to go Zach Moss. I know like he shitty combine, right? Didn't do what he, what he could have. Um, I, I am not a big Kevin Singletary guy and I, I don't really believe in that. And I don't, I don't know if necessarily the bills do either. And they took this guy in the third round. So yeah, give me, give me uh Zach Moss. Zach Moss is an interesting pick. Obviously, he's a between, between the tackles grinder, and I see him taking over for the Frank Gore role, essentially, which I don't know how great of a role that is for fantasy, but we do know that he definitely destroyed Devin Singletary's upside and what we were hoping yeah. from Devin Singletary. So if you were somebody that was hating on Devin Singletary, you can go ahead and take your victory lap now. However, I'm not the guy that's going to be you know sitting there and, and hoisting the trophy for, for Zach Moss. All right. Yeah, like 
I'm not jumping over. I, I don't like any of the, I have to be honest. I don't like any of the receivers in this area. Uh, so let me take a shot on some of these other guys. I don't care. Well, we're going to get into it, but I don't care for the receivers right now. This is an odd spot of the draft for me uh, where I may even consider taking a shot on Burrow if my team needs it to be as well. So yeah, that's, that's the conversation now is whether you get into quarterbacks or not, but I still have two wide receivers that I absolutely love. Chase Claypool was the one that was recommended. Uh, that was, you know, my guy. Essentially, like throughout the draft process, I was very, very high on him because he was able to compete with Miles Boykin, who was also an athletic freak. But there's no way, there's no way, and I thought about that, there's no way I can take him over LaVisca Chenault. I think LaVisca Chenault is an absolute home run in this offense who could end up netting. He could end up netting Trevor Lawrence or, like we said earlier, Fields in this upcoming draft. And even if he doesn't, that might be a good thing as well because guess what? Gardner Minshew. His average target depth was like 7.5 yards. He does not throw it downfield. And when he does, it's going to one guy, and that's DJ Shark. Meanwhile, he had to deal with, I believe, 22 drops, if I remember right, between Chris Conley and Westbrook throughout the season. 22 drops between those guys. It, he had the most amount of drop passes over any other quarterback in the NFL. So if he can bring in a guy that can get open, that can also catch the ball and can create yards after the catch, which is what LaVisca Chenault is known for. I mean, he's built like a damn running back. If he can stay healthy and he can get those underneath passes, I think Jay Gruden can turn him into a star. I love LaVisca Chenault going here, and I'm grabbing LaVisca Chenault at the 207. Devin, you're up. Moving right along. Well, I agree with Mike. I don't really like a lot of the receivers here for a lot of the same reasons. I didn't like some of the earlier receivers just because it's a very crowded receiver room. I don't like Ayuk. I agree with you there. So I think I'm going to be the first one to take a quarterback. Did, wait, wait, wait. Before we do that, can we imagine that Brandon Ayuk, a first-round wide receiver, is still sitting here in the second half of the second round? Jesus. It's weird that that draft capital i mean in previous years and especially and this speaks to the talent depth of this class that absolutely right there's an actual first rounder in the nfl draft who is still sitting here in the middle of the second round of a rookie draft fantasy rookie draft it's it's wild yeah that and the fact that jimmy garoppolo passes like 20 times a game but you know yeah i mean (laughs) they're running the ball (laughs) all right you're up so you went you went burrow devin yep taking burrow Okay. Well, let me see here. I don't love Joe Burrow. You you don't have to love him. One in uh, in this uh, in this class, or he is. Is he my number one in this class? You're for yeah, for, on, for as far as quarterbacks go. No. Oh, interesting. I guess we'll get so. There. Here's the thing with Joe Burrow. I think that he's going to be successful overall, but in his rookie season. He's going to get fucked in, with the schedule. His schedule is tough. Tough as balls. Is it bad? bad? I haven't looked into it yet. It is bad. Like, it is brutal. And I don't have it sitting here right in front of me. Sorry, I should have had that prepped. I didn't think Joe Burrow was going to go to the third round. But it's bad. And then even if we say, okay, it's just his rookie year, he's still in his division. Has the Baltimore Ravens twice. He has the Browns twice, who have both Greedy Williams and uh, have a brave heart, Denzel Ward. They also just added the safety there as well, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. So, 
I mean, he's facing a rough secondary with Miles Garrett rushing him for the Browns. That should only improve. And then the Steelers' defense last year, dude, that defense was elite. They always made the playoffs without a quarterback. I mean, <laughs> that's how crazy their defense was. And he's going to have to face them six times a year? This is all young defenses. This isn't like facing the Baltimore Ravens, you know, when they're going for their Super Bowl run with Ray Lewis when he was about to retire. This is a very young, young defensive squad all across their division. He's going to have some tough times, especially with a shaky, at best, offensive line. I mean, I know they get Jenna Williams back, but this is not going to be an easy, an easy trail for Joe Burrow. And for him to have one successful college NFL season on, under his belt and the others to be, you know, so-so at best, I mean, he had magic in a bottle with Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. He had magic in a bottle with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He had a dominant offensive line. He had a brilliant offensive coordinator who had ties to the Saints. He has an NFL coach, or he had a college coach who is now an NFL coach. This team was stacked to the nines. And for Joe Burr to come out and have the season like he did, I'm not taking anything away from him. It was phenomenal. Phenomenal. It was the best college quarterback season of all time. But for him to walk in to this, to this offense, which has not been proven successful as of, as of yet, with the lack of an offensive line, it, it's just troubling. And he's going to have to pass a lot, which means that teams are going to be able to tee off on him because they don't have a defense that's going to be able to support him not having to constantly be down in almost every single game. That's just my take on it. Chase, if this was a super flex uh, rookie draft, where would you select Burrow? Um, he would be, be uh, definitely behind the, the front four. I'd probably take CeeDee Lamb and potentially Jerry Judy over him. I, he'd probably be at 107 for me, just looking at wow. it. It would be between him and Cam Akers, I think, at 107. Maybe Justin Jefferson I could throw in there. I just I don't know if Joe Burrow is going – I mean, I'm not saying that he's going to be unsuccessful as a quarterback, but a top-end fantasy option, I don't know if he's going to be there week in, week out. And honestly – you talk about Tua's injury history, but Joe Burrow's going to get teed off on game after game after game after game by NFL players when he was barely touched in the college ranks. Like, he was barely touched. So yeah, he's not used to picking himself off the ground, that's for sure. That's my point. If you ever seen the movie Draft, I mean, you know, we, we saw what happened in the movie Draft Day, right? Where, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they, they were talking about the quarterback and how he didn't pick himself up and how he's getting frustrated because he never had to deal with that in college. But up against, what was his name? Uh, I should know this. You're talking about the linebacker? Chad Bozeman's character? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's Ma- Vontae Mack. Vontae Mack. Yeah, you know, actually hitting him and putting pressure on him. That's right. <laughs> so it, it'll be interesting. Him. I'm not saying that Joe Burrow is going to fail by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't know if he's a top-end fantasy option, especially with the way that the, the Miami Dolphins have built their offense. Sure. Right, this, this is the uh, draft going faster. I know. Shit, let's, let's go. I know my wife is probably... <laughs> Um, she's like, she just texted me. Like, I, I, I said, Hey, I'm sorry. This is taking so long. She's like, you're the one that's got to get up the kids tomorrow. Fully knowing it's mother's day. So um, <laughs> my bad. All right. <laughs> nah, it's, all good. it's all good. I'm enjoying myself. So I'll, I'll, it's my pick, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Give me 
Brandon Ayuk. I, I'm not super thrilled about this pick, just like you are, uh, you know, uh, but I, I, there's something to be said for the draft capital. He's super bursty. Maybe they use him, you know, similar to how, like, how Rager would be around the line of scrimmage. Like you said, Garoppolo doesn't like to sling it around that much. Maybe this is his safety blanket, you know, similar to Victor Cruz type, if you will. I'm looking at Brandon Ayuk as the Curtis Samuel of this draft, essentially. A guy that yeah, yeah. I mean, he'll he'll get end rounds, he'll get opportunities, he'll get downfield targets and stuff. But it's like, how often is it going to come this way? And that's where I'm concerned about his actual values. Like, I don't know if Curtis Samuel is ever going to amount to anything in the NFL when it comes to fantasy value. He's much more of a valuable football player than he is a fantasy player. Now yeah. you know, with Chase Claypool making it back to me, I've got to take Chase Claypool. Got to. He could end up being the starting wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the outside. And worse comes to worse is he ends up becoming a tight end. And as a tight end, he could be one of the most dominant tight ends in the league. It might take a couple years, but I'm taking Chase Claypool. I don't think we need to elaborate anymore. We definitely talked about it earlier. So, Devin, you're up on the clock, baby. What you got? I think I'm going to go with Darrington Evans. Ooh, I like it. Kind of in the same vein as the, oh no, I lost his name, AJ Dillon kind of pick where you're thinking the guy that can was drafted to potentially step up and take the place of the running back that's about to leave. Well, he's going to be very expensive, so this guy's obviously he's less expensive than Evans is, right? Not going to yeah. cost him as much. Dude, he's a lightning bolt, man. Like, I think he's, he's better. I think he's so, so much better than Deion Lewis. Like, this guy is lightning in a bottle. He could end up coming in being the change of pace back. You know, maybe they want to bring down, like, I was kind of shocked that they let Derrick Henry stay on with that, with that uh, tag situation, but I understand it. But maybe they want to bring down his carries, and maybe they do try to preserve him. I didn't think that was going to be the case, but bringing on Darrington Evans, like bringing in a guy to put in there on third downs when they didn't really use Deion Lewis in that situation as much as they should have, maybe they actually do want to keep Derrick Henry and... They're also going to bring down his carries in order to make his contract, you know, more feasible on their end. We'll see what happens. But Darrington Evans, for me, I, I really like that pick. I like it, too. Uh, I am going to go Joshua Kelly. Ah. Uh, <laughs> you got me. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the talent. I really do. I think he's in a good spot. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I think he's 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 got what it takes. He's again, he, you know, he's a smaller guy, right? He's under five. Uh, he's five under six foot. Um, but yeah, I, I like his landing spot. Really, is he's what a it little comes, more yeah. beefy. I have him as like a yeah. like a less powerful but a little bit faster version of Royce Freeman. So that's okay. that's who I have him comp to. I think that uh, he definitely could play the role of Royce Freeman, where he could still catch passes necessarily, but he doesn't need to. But he's he's going to work a lot in the the red zone situations, and eventually, you know, he could end up having a bigger role if he learns how to pass block better. If Austin Eckler gets hurt, which has happened in the past, where he gets a little bit banged up, can't play full games, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of Joshua Kelly. But I do do think that could be a significant, significant piece that offense that could be very fantasy relevant, to say the least. Yep. Now, we talked about Dylan, obviously. We talked about Moss. We talked about Kelly. Which one's going to be the most productive in their first year? Because I think that Dylan rides the bench personally, and I don't know if Moss contributes right away either. 
Kelly, for me, I, I think is my year one guy when it comes to production. If I'm in a redraft league, I think I'm taking Kelly over Dylan and over Moss. What about you guys? Yeah, I could see that. I was thinking Dylan had the good opportunity there, but with Kelly and uh, with the LA with the Chargers, I do like that a lot for year one production. I, I like Moss just because what you said earlier, possibly from a fantasy, a fantasy perspective. I mean, I, there's not a lot about Moss that really gets me going, but the fact that he could, you know, stumble in from the one and, and produce some fantasy value, so much of that Frank Gore role um, is, I, I would think I'd put him most likely to be successful year one from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I, I concur. So for me, I think that I'm ready to take a quarterback at this point. I think the Tua is sunk to a proper drafting position, and there's a lot of risk. There is a lot, a lot of risk going with Tua, obviously with the injury history, et cetera. But I, I can't deny the talent that he's going to end up having around him. I mean, don't forget, the Miami Dolphins still have multiple picks in this upcoming draft. They're still going to be front-loaded, and they're yeah. building an offensive line around him. They're building, they already have a wide receiver core. It's developed. Preston Williams is only going to get better. They added in some some down the field threats when it came to the draft, and they added in some running back help. So Tua should be protected well enough. And honestly, I was looking at the schedule last night, and I think Tua could be starting by week nine. They have the Jets twice in three weeks. They have the Jets by week, Jets again. Week nine, week ten's by week, and week eleven is the Jets again. So I don't know how that's fair, how that happened, but. <laughs> It happened. So, essentially, Tua could start right there, and the rest of the season is pretty much cake outside of, I believe, one game, if I remember correctly. I think that Tua Tagovailoa is a lock to be a starter in this NFL, and I think that the injuries that he had previously were kind of freak injuries. Maybe I'm wrong, but in the third round, you're taking shots in the dark. I think there's no better shot to take than Tua. Devin, you're up. I get very good. I think a guy that's going to start... Uh... Week one, have a very solid season as a rookie. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. You think he's going to start over? Woohoo! That's a hot take. Uh, you think he's going to start over Tyrod Taylor? I think, he, I think he wins the job outright. That's a hot take, man. I think that, that Anthony Allen really loves Tyrod Taylor. Like, I think that they might have, like, sex in the locker room after everybody oh, else leaves. They say that they're going to have Anthony, a private meeting. Anthony Lynn is very connected to his players on somewhat a weird level. But I don't know there's there's always instances where people are very high on one guy, but then you get the dude into camp. I always think about Matt Flynn coming in. Yeah, Seattle Russell Wilson taking it with over that ridiculous contract, and then they draft this little guy from Wisconsin in the third round, and then he wins the job, takes him to a Super Bowl a couple years later. So that's my pick, Justin Herbert. Yeah, it is possible. I really do. But Anthony Lynn had previous success with Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. He knows that Tyrod Taylor is a good, solid quarterback who can re- he can rely on. And the biggest part is Tyrod Taylor knows his system. So with a limited offseason, I don't know if Justin Herbert can step in necessarily. But I don't think it's a bad pick either. I actually took Justin Herbert, I think, at the same exact spot in our rookie draft that we had, Mike. I think I had yeah. him at the same exact spot. It was right around the same spot, at least. Right. I, I ended up snagging up Justin Herbert, so I don't think it's a bad pick. Do I think that he starts week one? Eh, I'm not And sold. if he doesn't start week one, he probably could start before Tua starts. I could see him. Yeah, oh, he definitely. You know. uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see. It depends, man. The Chargers' schedule is pretty easy this year, and like if they start dominating right off the bat and they can just 
you know, hold together. They can, they can piece their games together, let the defense hold tight. They let the running game win. Tyrod Taylor can, you know, make plays when he needs to make them, very similar to uh, Ryan Tannenhill and Jimmy Garoppolo this past year. Dude, I could see the Chargers making a Super Bowl run. Like, that's how talented that roster is. It's just they're always hurt. Minus the they have to line. stay healthy. No, I think their offensive line is actually good. I mean, they brought in Brian Beluga, and there's talks of them signing Jason Peters. I think significantly, significantly improved from last year. It's not the Colts. Well, Brian Beluga is still one of the best tacklers in the game. Either way, I, I think that the Chargers, it, it could be a lot longer wait for Justin Herbert because he does need to develop with his timing and whatnot. But either way, it's up to you. Actually, Mike, who would you rather have, Tua or Justin? I think I'd rather have Tua. Um, I don't know. It's really, I, I, I could see a case for both. Um, I, I believe in Tua's talent more. The injury is, is, is concerning. Uh, Herbert is, he's got the build of a quintessential NFL quarterback. He's a big, tall guy with a good, great arm. So uh, I don't, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I think it comes down a little bit to system, what you believe in the talent around them. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could make a case for Herbert, but they're so close for me. Um, you know, I, I, but I think I prefer Tua. I can see that. So with that being said, is there a player that shot up any of y'all's rankings because of one of these quarterbacks being added? Like, for instance, a lot of people are talking about Joe Mixon being the biggest winner of the offseason. I mean, I don't know if that's the case necessarily. Like, I think Miles Sanders was the biggest winner of the offseason, personally. But is there a player that shot up the rankings because of any one of these three rookie quarterbacks? And if so, who was it? I don't think two is going to start right away, to be honest with you. I think they're going to give him some time. They very well may give him the entire year. Um, I, I don't think that I don't, I don't think they're going to compete this year. Uh, so they may just sit them. And so I guess a case could be made. I like some of these Dolphins receivers that were already on the team more with Fitzpatrick because he's not going to run. He's going to chuck the ball down the field. No. Yeah. I can make a case for Mixon, but I like, I think you could make also a case because they drafted two and he's probably not going to start that Devontae Parker probably is going to pick up where he left off last season. So that's actually who I had rising mm-hmm. on my board the most was Gusecki yeah. and Devontae oh. Parker. Okay. Because we didn't know what was going to happen with the Dolphins being, you know, having the fifth pick and possibly not getting to a, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, not, you know, being as old as he is, like we don't know how long he's going to last. So they don't get a guy and they still win next year and they're not able to get fields or they're not able to get Lawrence. Who will they end up with? And there were so many different question marks behind the Dolphins and where they could be in in a year or two from now. So having that backup quarterback or that rookie quarterback being the backup, essentially, for me, it was Vontae Parker and Mike Gusecki. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. I think Mike Gusecki's actually a steal in a lot of these startup rookie drafts, right? Or startup uh, dynasty drafts. All right. So, Mike, you're up. All right. So, I'm, we're dart throw city at this point, I think, right? So, um, I, like, I like the landing spot here. So, I'm going to go Anthony McFarlane. Oh, um, bastard. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, the, he... he the guy wins the edge. I mean, I, looking at his tapes, like he he's he's decent between the tackles for a smaller guy. He's five eight, two hundred under sub two ten, right? I think he's in a good spot. I mean, I'm not a bit huge James Conner uh, believer, so I'll go ahead and take McFarlane. Yeah, he's absolutely the best guy to take at this point. Uh, he's that prime candidate. Obviously, James Conner's had injury history and all sorts of issues the past few years. 
Seeing Anthony McFarland being able to seize that number two job, which is what we're hoping is going to happen, could end up turning into that number one overall yeah. job for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which we all know is a significant role in that organization. My only concern would be, are they going to go after a Chuba Hubbard or a Travis Etienne or potentially Najee Harris, any one of those guys, to be their primary running back in 2021? We'll see what happens. He had a tough year in college this past year for the, was it the Terps, right, Maryland? Yep, Maryland Terrapins. Yeah. So he had a rough year this past year, but he was hurt for the majority of it. Uh, he, had, he was dealing with issues. So the previous year went off. I could see him, I guess, assuming that role of 2018 versus 2019 in the NFL. All right, so for me, I'm up with the 304. And I have a lot of good options up here. Uh, Devin Duvernay could be one of them, although it's kind of spotty with Duvernay. Tyler Johnson at Tampa Bay, although I do want to address that in a little bit. Get ready. Michael P. Ryan could be an option here as well, taking over for the Jets within a couple years after Le'Veon Bell moves on. That's another option. For me, I got to go with my boy. Got to go with my boy, who everybody is way, way, way too low on. And I'm not going to say Joe Reed yet. I'm going to say Donovan <laughs> People-Jones. Donovan oh, wow. People-Jones for me has risen up my board significantly following the draft. Immediately after the draft, I was like, damn, that's a shitty you know, landing location. But Donovan Peoples-Jones, he did not get good coaching at Michigan. Like, he had an option to get Ohio State, and he said no because he's supposed to be the primary receiver there, but they never coached him up, right? He didn't have great quarterback play. There were a bunch of issues, but this guy was supposed to be one of the best wide receivers coming out of high school. He never ended up hitting that point, and it was extremely disappointing. Hit that point, extremely disappointing. Didn't mean to do that. But either way, he's sitting now behind Odell Beckham Jr. He's sitting now behind um, a Jarvis Landry. And he's going to end up taking over that third wide receiver role over Higgins, in my opinion. It's going to give him time to develop. They're going to use a lot of two tight end sets, just like the Minnesota Vikings did, with Stefanski taking over for the head coach role. And I think that Donovan Peoples-Jones is an absolute steal. I've been trying to trade for him if I didn't get him in my rookie drafts everywhere. And you better believe I'm going to be targeting him in the third round because guess what? They could save, well, what number did I come up with? Over $30 million, almost $35 million they can save by moving on from both Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry this upcoming year in 2021. They can save $35 million and they're only encounter $3 million in dead cap space. That's it. That's good. They need cap space. And do I think they're going to move on from both guys? No. But could they force Jarvis Landry into a restructuring? you know, ordeal, very similar to what we talked about earlier. I think they could. And so you could be looking at Jarvis Landry with the Donovan Peoples-Jones starting lineup here in, in 2021. So Donovan Peoples-Jones is my guy. I'm going with him. And we're moving on if you guys have nothing else to add. <laughs> no, I love, I love DPJ. Great fit. Glad he went to Stefanski. <laughs> yep, your previous coordinator. <laughs> he was with the Vikings for 15 years. Basically an uncle. <laughs> All right, Devin, you're up. I'm going to make this one short and sweet. I think opportunity is going to be pretty good for him early on in L.A. I'm going to go with Van Jefferson. Yes, I get to rant about him. Here we go, can baby. We, can we keep this rant short? I nope. do have to get my kids tomorrow, so can we please? Absolutely not. Uh, you've had this one teed up. Come on. <laughs> Let him go. Wait, 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 wait. Devin, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. I have good information for the people. Information that the people want to hear. And you want me 
to cut it short, you want me to not provide people information that I have for your convenience sake. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. I'm going to give the people what they want to hear. I'm giving them what they want to hear. And that's about Van Jefferson being one of seven receivers, one of seven, with over 20 targets. Over 20. He only had a 15% target share in college. He's supposed to be the alpha receiver there. A 15% target share? His tight end out-targeted him. His tight end. And when you have seven different receivers, they're getting the ball almost as much as you are. Well, I should say six at this point. You are not the alpha. You're not. I don't care. I do not care that he got up at, to a 21.5 mile per hour in one of his games this season. I don't care. You know how long it probably took him to get up to 21.5 mile per hour? Yeah, because he has no burst. He didn't even perform in the combine. I don't care that he had a stress fracture in his foot. He was scared. He was scared. He was scared. Just kidding. But still, you, didn't com- you do not compete at the combine. My biggest thing is the fact that he's only 6'2", 200 pounds. Well, he could have time to fill out. He's 24 years old. 24. You have a 24-year-old rookie coming out of college that could not dominate targets, although he was an alpha receiver. That got beat out with targets by his tight end. That did not perform at the combine. And if he is a deep target that was able to run 21.5 miles per hour, why was his average yards per reception under 14 yards? Tell me why. Why? Why? I mean, it's, these are dart throws at this point. You're absolutely right. It's uh, he, you know, I can't argue with anything you said, man. I mean, it's absolutely looking at some of these metrics and uh, you're right. He didn't, he didn't run at the combine. He kind of lived off what he did at the senior bowl. I mean, it's not someone I'm targeting for sure. Yeah, Um, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I just want to know if somebody has answers, please DM me at me. FF underscore intervention on Twitter, where you can follow us on Fantasy Intervention on Facebook. Find me and let me know why. Please tell me why. The only thing I can think of is he's a replacement for Cooper Cup, and that still doesn't make any sense because he sucked at yards after the catch. He was not good at yards after the catch. So I, I just don't get it. He's not big. He's not powerful. He's not a deep threat. He had, they were sitting there saying that he, he has issues separating. Sure, his straight line speed once he got the ball and got to sprint, you know, 50 yards. He finally got up to that speed, but come on. Get the fuck out of here with Van Jefferson. <laughs> All right, so Devin's pick was Van Jefferson here. <laughs> what are you going with, Mike? <laughs> uh, give me uh, – so I'm high on this guy, but, again, not crazy about the landing spot because it's a little bit crowded. But give me uh, some Lynn Bowden Jr. This is a guy is super dynamic. I believe in the talent, uh, you know, and he's still got some draft capital. He's taking the middle of the third round. So, yeah, I'm, that's short and sweet. I mean, these are dark throws at this point. I they think announced he could, him as a running back, right? They did. And I actually think some of, uh, some of the sites have already started to change his eligibility, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I think he needs to qualify as both. 
Yeah. Like the, you know, Jalen Samuels corollary that won people leagues like myself with Yahoo. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing Jalen Samuels as a tight end. It was amazing. Not going to lie. <laughs> All right. So I'm sitting here at the 3-7. And I have guys like Adam Troutman, who I would love to pick up so I can develop. You know, I think he's going to be one of the best tight ends out of this draft. In fact, I think he's the only tight end worth drafting in this draft personally. Great. You know, Tyler Johnson's still on the table, but I'm not a huge fan of him. Eno Benjamin, I think, is lasting too long, so that's definitely a thought that I would like to take him, be the eventual replacement for Kenyon Drake, so they don't have to pay him. He could also be a potential free agent. There's just so many different options you can go with here. But like you said, they're kind of dart throws to an extent. I mean, even guys like John Hightower and whatnot. But Joe Reed, I'm taking here. That's my guy. I, I think this guy is going to be a superstar in this league. He has very, very similar metrics to A.J. Brown. He's the same exact height, same exact build. Like, he is a little clone with better metrics or better workout metrics than A.J. Brown. And he's going to a system where Keenan Allen, uh, he hasn't been injured, but he's been hurt for the past few seasons and injured in the seasons prior to. Mike Williams hasn't really done it for, for that organization yet. And, I mean, who else do they have? They could sit there and they could fill Joe Reed in the slot. He was led the league, the college football league, this past year in uh, kickoff returns for touchdowns or special team returns for touchdowns. Uh, he's an absolute monster. And I just don't think that he got the necessary work and was in the right offense to showcase his talent. And I don't know if he's necessarily ready this year. But give me a year to sit behind Keenan Allen. Give me a year to sit behind Mike Williams. Give me a year to develop. And he's going to be tethered. To Justin Herbert for the next 10 years in the NFL. I love Joe Reed. Love him. And honestly, I would take him earlier if I thought that other people were as high as I was on Joe Reed. Yeah, we like Joe wow. Reed. I love Joe Reed. I've been talking about Joe Reed since well, the middle of last season. Love Joe Reed. All right, well, I'm going to go stand on the table for my guy. Is that you pound on the table? You can actually pound on this. It's a yeah, I, was, I don't want to knock you over this Jerry Rick mic. <laughs> but We're not pound on, right uh, stand on the table, pound for my guy, Tyler Johnson. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Tyler Johnson. So, I got a little story for you. All right. Everything's yeah. a story with this fucking well, guy. Well, I went to go look up a couple weeks ago. He started growing a beard, now he's a soothsayer. <laughs> <laughs> I went to go look up a couple weeks ago um, for, you know, certain players. And, of course, every time I turn around, Mike has that player in one of our leagues. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Smart man. Watson was one of them. Watson, being a slot guy, and being white, (laughs) and being now a recipient of Tom Brady's receptions, I think is going to completely own that slot position. And I loved, like, if if Tyler Johnson went to the Vikings, and he was going to wait in the wing for for Adam Thielen to, to retire, and he would take over Adam Thielen's position, I love Tyler Johnson there. But Tom Brady loves his white receivers, especially in the slot. He really does. And Justin Watson's yeah. sitting there real pretty, real pretty with that big-ass smile of his, getting separation from other players, not only in practices, but also in the league. And he also did not disappoint. He did not disappoint when he had to step in this past year. Justin Watson, for me, is still going to maintain that, that role as a slot guy. We have to see if it's going to last for long, because if it doesn't, obviously Tyler Johnson falls in there. But Tyler Johnson with his subpar athleticism, I mean, he was snubbed from the, pro, or the senior bowl, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he, like, he's just not there athletically. He's not that athletically gifted. He just knows how to get open. And those guys can make it in the NFL. 
You know, we see guys like Antonio Brown who know how to make in the NFL. See Antonio Brown? Fuck no. But, (laughs) you know, could he still produce at that level? But Adam Thielen. Yes, he could. So I'm not saying it's a a complete bust. I just don't know if he's going to see opportunity with a white guy in the slot in Tampa Bay. I would much rather see him in a different landing spot. (laughs) All right, you're up, sir. Mike, you ready? I am going to go back to the Big 12 and my boy Devin Duvernay. Ah, yeah, yeah, I, you know, um, he, it's not the best landing spot, right? I, I, I personally don't think um, they, these guys want to run the ball first. It's productive. It's, it, he got better every single season. His catch rate in his senior year was 84%. So the guys got sure hands. They saw a shit ton of targets. They like to throw it around the Big 12. So those may be a little bit inflated. So. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a good pick. It's a good pick, man. I mean, huh, we saw Marquise Brown take, I think, like 33 percent or so of snaps in yeah. the slot position. I think that's where Devin DuVernay really makes his money. So he'll be in the slot position when they go to three wide receiver sets and Marquise Brown isn't playing there. So that's kind of what scares me is there's so many if this yeah. happens and this if that, you know, but Marquise Brown yeah. also can't stay healthy. So if that's the case, Devin Duvernay steps into a primary role and a very good offense. And don't forget Marquise Brown, I think over the first few weeks of the season before he started dealing with his injuries once again, he was seeing like eight targets a game or something along those lines. So he was seeing the targets. If Devin Duvernay can step in and even see five or six targets a game, he becomes fantasy relevant and he could be a potential you know, future aspect of that offense that they use on a regular basis way more consistent. I have to take the guy that I think is the best tight end in this draft. And it was between him and Eno Benjamin for me. I really like Eno Benjamin's situation. I think he could step into a starting role as soon as 2021. But Adam Troutman, in a, in a weak oh. tight end class, I mean, he shines through. And to have the third best agility score out of this entire draft being a tight end is just scary. He's going to be open. I've been trying to trade for Adam Troutman as often as I can, and I think he's a lock. I'm going Adam Troutman here. I like it. I'll piggyback right off of that. Eno Benjamin. Ah. I was hoping he'd pass him. I mean, either way, it was going to be Troutman or Benjamin here. I mean, can you, I, I, five years from now, whoever's throwing the Troutman in New Orleans. Adam Troutman's going to be open. He's going to get his yeah. targets. He's going to be a monster. Dude. I love Adam Troutman. It's just you're going to have to wait for the development. You know, Benjamin, mm-hmm. you're going to have to wait for the same thing. And I love taking depth pieces that have upside potential. Well, it doesn't work out for him a lot of the times. Like, for example, I made a lot of Justice Hill acquisition. And that completely fucked me. But at the same time, you're talking about late third round. I mean, this is the dart throw of the dart throws. This is the armpit of the draft. <laughs> right? right? You're right. going to have to take your chances here. And I think, you know, Benjamin's a smart pick. Yeah. I mean, he's, a, he's potentially going to be the starting running back in 2021. I'll Week take one. it. I'll take them right now. All right. For the last pick of our fantasy intervention, rookie mock draft, the one that's lasted way too long. (laughs) Who are you going to take? Let's see. Hold on. Oh, we've been recording now for two hours and 10 minutes. Jesus. By the way. Well. Yeah, this is the longest recording we've ever done by far. This is a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. (laughs) This is is fun. All right, we're, we're drained, so we yeah, got the last pick. Spencer, I'm a sucker for Penn State wide receivers, so give me some K.J. Hambler to finish up. 
There he goes. That's I was waiting for him to go. I mean, he's been drafted yeah. a lot earlier than where we're going right now, but he's a he's a great fit in a solid offense yeah. with a gun. Absolutely. So I, I feel good about getting him here and uh, you know, hopefully you know, he can he can be part of what they're trying to do and put some, you know, that dynamic offense together in Denver. So Yeah, I like it. So we have guys left over like Andy, Antonio Gandy Golden. Uh, DJ Dallas, Dallas, Cole Kment. Mm-hmm. Is there any reason why we didn't go with those guys? Well, I mean, Kmet, you know, it's like I said, it's a really weak tight end class outside of Troutman. And you they know, got nine Kmet tight ends. Going to a team that already has 50 tight ends. Just, just not, not a good spot to take one. Gandy Golden is still interesting. He can juggle. You know, he's very, 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 he's very, very, you know, like I, I wouldn't mind putting him where I took Van Jefferson, I, you know, take a flyer on him there. What about yeah. Ryan? You guys just because like there? the, the, the receiver class with the, or, well, the receiver core in Washington is kind of un, under construction, let's say, you know, you like Steven Sims and the other Sims and then whoever else is playing the towel guy. Water boy, you know. So, yeah, so I think Gold, Gandy Golden has opportunities. Yeah, I mean, Michael P. Ryan, who Mike just brought up, is extremely interesting. I love Michael mm. P. Ryan. I think he's going to be the starting running back for the New York Jets within two years if they don't end up picking up another guy. It's just Adam Gase is there, so I don't like him at all up until Adam Gase is gone. Just scared. He just, you know, Adam Gase makes me kind of like curl up in a corner and, you know, want to. Cuddle my pillow just because every time I think about drafting a player that's on his no. team, I just get nauseous. Right. <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't do it. Um, one of the guy that I, I wanted to bring up was where is he? Quintez Cephas. Aha. Uh-huh. Who is a dominant option there. And the only wide receiver that's guaranteed to have a contract on the Detroit Lions this upcoming season is going to be Quintez Cephas. He could be the only wide receiver on the whole roster. I mean, there's no way they're going to let Kenny Galladay walk. But isn't, isn't that in funny all reality, that he went there, though? Huh? Isn't that funny he went to the Detroit Lions? It kind of is. After what we talked about with um, Okuda. Yeah, and how he was the hardest guy I ever faced. One of the hardest people he had to cut. The most difficult receiver he had to cover in college. Yeah. yeah did you hear that, Mike? And now they're on the same team. It's pretty amazing. So now I cannot wait for the times where they're in training camps just going one-on-one. Hey, it's going to make both of them better, right? Exactly. All right, guys, that's going to end it for us for Fantasy Football Intervention and this Rookie Mock Draft. Most likely you're listening to Part 2 because I'm going to have to divide this up into two episodes because, yeah, you guys would probably kill yourselves if you had to listen to this all in one sitting. Either way, thank you guys for listening. If you guys want to listen to us on any other platform, we're available on Google Play, Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. So go follow us on there. Please give us a rating. Give us a ranking. Follow us. Give us a comment. Do anything because you guys have no idea how far that goes. Because so, so far for us. We just appreciate it. If you guys want to follow us on Patreon, we're available on patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. And of course, if you guys want to join into fantasy football discussion, you guys know where to go to get your questions answered. Fantasy football discussion is one of the most interactive fantasy groups on all of facebook there's over eighteen thousand members on there so go join fantasy football discussion have some fun with us we're always there to answer your questions once again hey mike yeah. thanks for thanks for joining yeah, us we really appreciate it. it was a, a true pleasure i hope we can do it again sometime soon as we get closer to the season
oh, we're going to be doing it again. Hopefully we don't have to drag it on as long as it was, but you know, and it being, it's, it's actually one o'clock in it's the morning pushing, right pushing now, guys. 1 a.m. It's, it's 12 o'clock for him. It's one o'clock for us. So hopefully it never lasts this long again <laughs> when it comes to time and, and when we do it, we'll get that all figured out. And yeah, anyways, Devin, thanks for coming over. Of course, man. Just want to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. All the mothers out there, pass a happy Mother's Day over I there will, to we'll your wife. So. There, She's probably uh, fast asleep by now. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day <laughs> to all the amazing moms out there. Because I know most of our fan base is mothers. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Listen, thank you guys for listening, and thank you for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. Hey, my mom dope, my niggas is dope. The switch up is dope, the pick up is dope. They feeling the way they know I'm the goat. That's how you bang a podcast.